Christians, we have got to know our stuff. Today we are going to be talking about the deity of Jesus in our second part in our Trinity series. That's what we'll be discussing today, Christ, Culture, and Coffee. This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast designed to help equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and be confident in their faith. Welcome to Christ, Culture, and Coffee. I am your host, Robbie Lashua, and I'm here with Tyler Hurley. What's up, bro? Hey, what is up? We are super excited to be back on our series on the Trinity. Yeah, we, uh, this, I think, struck a nerve with a lot of people. Last week, I was looking at the analytics, and tons of people were listening to this. Yeah. Um, because yeah. I think it's a topic that that is it's hard to understand, um, but when we break it down scripturally, we can understand what it is, right? Right, right. I think it's good that people are <laughs> invested in this, because the series... It's called Christians Know Your Stuff, right? Yeah. We want Christians to know this and be investigating on what we believe. And so that that's the goal of this series is for believers to get a full understanding of the Trinity and how it works and also how to explain that to their neighbors. Yeah, well, and, that, and that's the thing about apologetics, right, Tyler, is there's yeah. there's kind of two ways or two things you really need to know. You need to know what you believe, right? and you need to know what other people believe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> so it's we, that simple. You know, we focus a lot on what other people believe, um, but man, we have to know our stuff. We gotta know what we think and why we think it, not just what, but why. And so that's right. what this series is all about. So super excited to get into how we can know the Bible taught that Jesus was God. Um, but before we get into that, we've got some big news. Tyler, you want to tell our audience? Yes, we are now on YouTube. Woohoo! We did it! Yeah, We're on YouTube. Those diehard fans of ours, though, of you listening out there who have listened to the end of our podcast on certain episodes, and I mean the very end. Yeah, we saved it for the last, because yeah. we see people drop off once the music starts playing. <laughs> yeah, so we, <laughs> we, we started throwing it out there, just giving hints to people, letting them know that we were coming out with YouTube, but now it is officially launched. If you follow our social media pages, you've already known this, mm -hmm. um, but if you didn't know this already, go to YouTube and look up Christ Culture and Coffee and go to our channel and subscribe, yes. uh, and if you have trouble finding it, you could always just go to our Instagram page. We have a link in the bio that'll direct you to that, and we're super excited about it. We're going to have lots of videos coming out soon. It's going to be uh, tons of new content coming your way with quick, easy reference videos to go over specific apologetics topics, and with that, we're also going to get to doing our entire podcast through YouTube videos. Yes, yeah, so you can watch us talk to each other. Yes, it's, it's going to be it's going to be perfect. Yeah, but please, we really I, I think this is a great tool for us to share on social media and to use um, a couple of reasons. Sometimes I've been talking to somebody and they bring up something. And I'm like, oh yeah. man, I wish I could just have a real quick reference for that. And there's yeah, not a lot yeah. of places that you can just go find a two to three minute video or, you know, a, a paragraph on here's how to answer that objection. So that's one of the things we're trying to do with this is is obviously have the 45 minute to an hour podcast on there. But right. also, like Tyler said, have these short videos that are a really good resource for you guys. Uh, we're going to have them all categorized so it's easy to find. Um, but it's also a great thing to share and to start conversations with your friends and family with, you know, say, hey, I listened to this thing. Yes. What do you guys think about this? And um, we hope it can be kind of a catalyst to helping you start conversations about the gospel. Yes. Now, by the time you're listening to this, we already have a few videos out, but the thing is, is we're going to keep rolling out more content as time goes on. So make sure that you subscribe so you can keep up with what we're posting. Yeah. And big deal is 
that uh, the short videos that we're making on there with the quick reference stuff, yeah. we're not putting out on the podcast. So yes. it's not like going to be on iTunes and Spotify, these short, you know, three-minute things right away. We might, in, in you know, it, down the line, put them out there. But right now, the, the only place to get them is on YouTube. So yeah. we highly suggest please go subscribe, share it with every single friend you have on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree with that. I would love too. that, yeah. So we're super excited about that resource. And thank you guys for listening um, and for us to see that this is valuable and people want to know this stuff and um, – yeah, we're yeah. just excited to be able to equip you better. So Yeah, and we've just been appreciating all the support. Things have been really going well uh, with our numbers lately, and we're, we're excited about that when we see that because it tells us that there are believers out there that are serious about learning more about their faith mm-hmm. and growing deeper and sharing that with others. So uh, thank you for your support. Yep. All right, well, let's get into the topic today. Uh, We are in the middle of a series on the Trinity and how we've got to know our stuff. Last week, we talked about how important it is to make the distinction between knowing what the Trinity is versus knowing how the Trinity works. Yeah. We're not here to tell you how the Trinity works. Uh, We don't know. But we definitely are here to tell you what it is because Scripture is very clear on what it is. And we talked about this last week, but just for a recap, the Trinity is three things. There is one God, one being that is God, who exists in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who are co-equal and co-eternal. That's what it means. So basically breaks down to this, monotheism, that there's only one God. This one being God exists in the three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and they're co-equal and co-eternal. So last week we talked about monotheism being taught in the Bible, and now we're going to move into the three persons. Specifically today, we're going to look at Jesus. So when you get into the Bible, uh, nobody argues that the Father is God in the Bible. He's yeah. like the one everyone takes yeah, for granted. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Right? You think yeah. about it. It, it in, in a way, I think it's just people always assume that the way that the Father is described is just throughout the Old Testament. They think, oh, he's just been there for the whole time. But it's like, but yeah, you see all throughout the Old Testament and through Scripture too that the Son was also there. And mm-hmm. it's it just like you just... The evidence is clear, and yes. that's what we want to talk about today, that you have there are reasons to believe through Scripture that Jesus is God. Yes, no, definitely. Yeah. And so we want to dive into that right now. So we have a whole ton of, of Scriptures we want to point to that teach Jesus is God, all right? Uh, so let's, let's get into that right now. So the, f- the first thing that we see is in, in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. Now, Again, let's just do a little background on John. He was Jesus' best friend on earth, Mm -hmm. right? And a lot of people always think Peter was. Uh, Not necessarily. (laughs) Uh, John's the only one who uh, is at Jesus' crucifixion. Yeah. Uh, John, you know, is reclining on Jesus' chest at the Last Supper. They were close. Um, John is the one who Jesus leaves his mother with. He leaves John in charge of his mom. He didn't leave Peter in charge of his mom. Yeah. Left John in charge, right? That's Jesus right. and John were they were tight. They were they were close, close friends. Yeah. So this is Jesus' best friend telling you who Jesus is. All right. I just think that's I think that's fascinating. So you want to go ahead and read John one one through five, Tyler? Yeah, sure. It says, um, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. 
All right, so this is uh, this is the point we're trying to make with this scripture. I think this is really interesting. You yeah. notice, again, a lot of people like to point to, he was in the beginning with God. The word was in the beginning, which I totally believe, I totally yeah, agree right. with. Um, but the point we want to make here, it starts in verse 3, mm-hmm. where it said, all things came into being through him. You see that? Yeah. So, so think about what his best friend's saying. All things came into being through him, and then he repeats it in the negative. He says, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. Yeah. So this is the question we ask. If all things came into being through Jesus, and nothing came into being except through him making it, then Jesus couldn't have ever come into being. That's right. Yeah. Right? Because he can't create himself. And it says all things that came into being, which if he was there prior to that, would exclude him from coming into being, which means he's, what's the big word? God. God. <laughs> and he's eternal. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, so that's, that's, what this, that's what Jesus' best friend starts off his gospel saying about him. This dude made everything that came into existence, which means he never came into existence. So yeah. if he's yeah. eternal, who is he? Well... He'd have to be God. I think he's God. (laughs) So point number one, John 1, 1 through 5, teaches Jesus did not come into being. Yeah, that's... that's Okay, now, we can't say, you know, from just from that one verse that, okay, well, therefore he's God. Let's look at some more verses. Okay, Let's let's go in scripture, all right? Let me read Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. It says, God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets in many portions and in many ways... In these last days spoke to us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. He is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature, and upholds all things by the word of his power. When he had made purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Yeah. All right, there is a lot in those three verses yes. that, that talk about who Jesus is, right? When it says he's the exact representation of God's nature. Yeah. That's, that's very specific. Yeah, right? that is, that is. <laughs> and again, this is starting off the book of Hebrews. Like, I want to just right off the beginning, I want to tell you who I'm talking about. <laughs> Mic drop, boom, this guy, right? It's like, hey, in case you were curious, I'm talking about the exact nature <laughs> of God in the flesh. Yeah. No ambiguity, right? Yeah, right. But now, the point we want to make from this passage is what? That Jesus is God. That Jesus is God, and how do we know that? What was the thing that he did? What does the Hebrews writer say he did? That he created all things. Exactly. Yep. He created all things, right? Uh, that's it, sa- it says that right in this passage, that Jesus created all things. It says, through whom also he made the world. Who, who made everything? God. Yeah. Right? God yeah. made everything. So we've got Jesus never came into being. Jesus created all things. Yeah. And by the way, he's the exact representation <laughs> of his nature. Whatever. That doesn't matter. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, let's keep building our case. Yeah. I think this is great. All right. You read the next uh, verse, Tyler. Yes. We have uh, John five eighteen. It says, for this reason, therefore, the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him because he not only was breaking the Sabbath— but also was calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Wait, what did that say? Equal with God. The Jews wanted to kill him, not just because he broke the Sabbath. That's been going on forever. (laughs) But because he called God his own father, making himself equal with God. 
That's a, like, I don't know how you get around that one. Now, again, how does the Trinity work? How do three persons exist in one being? I don't know how it works, but I definitely know what this is saying. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And that's the thing that we want to keep uh, reiterating is um, it's it's not something that you can fully understand. Mm-hmm. That's uh, This is something that, that we're not trying to um, grasp how it works, we, but we want to explain that there's reasons to believe of, of what it is. Yeah, and the doctrine of the Trinity wasn't made up for yeah. fun. It was derived from these verses to go, okay, how does this work together? Yeah, yeah, because the thing is we clearly see that it says that Jesus is God, but then you, and then you know the Father is God, but then you see all throughout Scripture they say there's one God, not two. So how do you make it? What do you make of that? So that this yeah. is the the reasoning behind this. So we see these passages. Mm-hmm. It's clear. It says Jesus was there at the beginning. He is this one literally is saying that he he considered himself equal with God. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's so clear. I, I think yeah. it's clear, yeah. Now, it's hard for us to understand how God exists and operates and his ontology. Right. I get that. Yeah. But that doesn't mean it's untrue. It just means we're small. Um, but the, the other thing is this, Tyler, because we can't get into every verse that, that right. shows the deity of Christ, right? But I was even thinking about uh, in John, um, Philip, I think, says, hey, Jesus, if you show us the Father, that'll be enough for us. And he looks at yeah. him and he says, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. Whoa, wait. What does that mean? Yeah. Right? Um, and some people say, well, it, tries, it means like they had the same purpose. Really? Mm. I don't <laughs> think that. <laughs> I, I've never heard a general say that about his president, right? Yeah. If you've seen me, you've seen the president. That's no, not, no. Cause you, just because you have the same purpose, that doesn't make a lot see, of sense. See, that's that's incredible. Again, I, I always want to point that out whenever we hear those type of arguments. The, the, those are situations where people are are taking the Bible out of, like, the way the, they're interpreting it differently than how mm-hmm. we interpret anything else. Yeah. Like, they're making special that. rules for it, so yeah. it doesn't say what it says. Yeah, because, yeah. Uh, like, think about it. With anything else, with any other, like, book or literature or the things that people say, people don't do what they do with the Bible as far as taking it out of context. Like, mm-hmm. you, you can read something as clear as that, like Ro- Robbie just said, and then understand what it mean, means just by reading the words it says, but then taking that interpretation to mean something different. I, I think that it's insane that we do this with the Bible. It and is. Not no, with, it, yeah. Yeah. And we don't do it with other books, right? Yeah. Right. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Well, let's keep moving in. I want to talk a little bit, just, just briefly mention a couple of things. You could do a whole, we could do a whole series just, just on this. Yeah. Right. But the, the fact that Jesus, um, does things that only the Father does, that only God was allowed to do, I guess. So we see stuff in the Old Testament that that um, then in the New Testament Jesus does, which makes me think that the New Testament writers are trying to say, hey, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jesus is that guy, you know? So a, cu- a couple of things that, that we see is uh, in, in Psalm 107.29, uh, it, it talks about how God calms the storms and he hushes the waves. Mm. Wait a second. Jesus literally comes and does that. Yeah. Right? Uh, in, in Matthew 8, in, in, in Luke, and in John, I mean, he, he comes and he calms the storm and he hushes the waves. Yeah. I, want, I think the disciples knew that Psalm 107.29 passage, and they saw him do that, and that's why they were astonished and worshipped him. Yeah, because they knew what it meant, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we also see uh, Psalm one forty six eight. 
It talks about how God heals the blind. Mm. Hmm, where have I heard this one before? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. All over the New Testament, Jesus healed blind people a whole bunch of times. That's right. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's almost as if God wants us to know who this guy was. Yeah, it's direct interpretation, directly copying and showing things that Scripture says God can do. Jesus is doing it to show that he is. Exactly, and, yeah. and I love it because he's not a God who says, just take my word for it, listen to me. He says, I'll show you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll show you. I'll show you who I am through what I'm doing. Uh, in in Psalm forty nine fifteen, it talks about how God raises people's souls out of Sheol, raises people from the dead, and I'm pretty sure Jesus did that a lot. He raised <laughs> Lazarus from the dead. He raised uh, Jairus's daughter from the dead. He raised the widow's son from the dead. Oh yeah, and he raised himself from the dead. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, and you right. just go, what is going on here, right? But the one I want to I want to hone in on the the thing that one of the things Jesus did that only God does is in Isaiah forty three twenty five. I want to read this. Isaiah forty three twenty five says, "I even I am the one who wipes out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins." Hmm. So so Tyler, think about what it's saying. I even I am the one who wipes out your sins. Yeah. Okay, who's talking here? Well, God. Yeah, yeah. And then we come to Mark chapter 2. And uh, I'm not going to read the whole passage. You guys, uh, our listeners, should, should read it. But Mark chapter yeah. 2, verses 5 through 12. I'll just I'll, I'll tell the story. So this is the story where you got the guys who bring their paralytic friend on a stretcher to get healed by Jesus. And there's no room at this house he's at. So they dig a hole in the roof. They lower him down. Remember? Yeah. And uh, that's right. you, you get to this really crazy thing that Jesus <laughs> says. So the, it, it says in, um, in verse 5 of, of Mark 2, And seeing, uh, Jesus, seeing their faith, the friend's faith, mm-hmm. said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. And verse 6 says, but some of the scribes were sitting there, and they were reasoning in their hearts, why does this man speak that way? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And Tyler, the scribes are right. Yeah. Isaiah 43, Isaiah 44 say only God can forgive sins. And and even from a philosophical level, um, think, think about this. Yeah. If somebody stole your car— mm-hmm. okay, it's, it, it's gone, and it's, it's, you know, some stranger stole your car— and then I saw them with your car on the street. Yeah. And I went up to them and I said, hey, you know what? I forgive you for stealing Tyler's car. It's fine. Well, <laughs> it's not my place to forgive them yeah, for Yeah, it that. doesn't make any sense. Why? Right. right, because you're not involved in the situation at all. Yeah. yeah. They didn't steal my car. Right. Yeah. They stole <laughs> your car. I'm, I'm not the offended party. Yeah. The only person who can forgive a transgression is the person who's the offended party. Right, yeah. Right? Um, so that's important. So sin, <laughs> sins are sins against who? Sins against God. God. It's crime against God. So philosophically even, the only one who is in the position to forgive sins would be God because he's the offended party. Right? How, how stupid would it be if somebody stole your car and I went and I forgave them? And it's, it's all right. I forgive you for this. That's well, right. no. I, I'm not in that position. So, so Jesus, in order to forgive sins, would have to be God because he'd be the offended party, right? Yeah. It's, so it's, the it's scribes consistent. are right. It makes sense. Yeah. The scribes are correct. Who does this guy think he is? And, and that's, the, that's the key question with this Mark 2 passage. Yeah. Who does this guy think he is? Right? <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's read on. 
Verse 8 of Mark 2, it says, Immediately Jesus, aware in his spirit that they were reasoning that way within themselves, said to them, Why are you reasoning about these things in your heart? Which is easier to say to the paralytic? Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, get up and pick up your pallet and walk? I love this. Yeah, so Jesus yeah. asked the question, what's easier to say? Your sins are forgiven? Or get healed, you cripple, and pick up your mat and start walking? <laughs> and you've never walked in your life. Which is easier to say? And the truth of it is, it's easier to say your sins are forgiven. Yeah. Why? Because obviously people don't get up and walk yeah. when they're paralyzed for life. Like. Yeah. And, 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 and anybody can yeah. say your sins are forgiven yeah, because right. you can't test if it's true. Yeah. There's no way. I can't see like, oh, now they're glowing green. That means their sins are forgiven. There's right. There's no yeah. objective There's no verification. Test. Yeah, exactly. So, so Jesus just saying your sins are forgiven, he's basically saying with this question, saying it proves nothing. Yeah. Right? And then what does he go on to say? Uh, verse uh, verse uh, 10. Right. He says, but so that you may know that the Son of Man, that's himself, mm-hmm. has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, get up, pick up your pallet, and go home. And he got up immediately, picked up his pallet, and went out of sight <laughs> of everyone. So they were yeah. all amazed and were glorifying God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Okay, what is Jesus doing here? He says, so that you know I have authority to forgive sins. What does that mean? He's God. That's what he's yeah, saying, yeah. right? Only it's God all, all can forgive sins. Yeah, only God can forgive sins. So that you know I'm that guy. I'm going to prove it to you through a crazy miracle you've never seen in your life. Watch this. And he says, the paralytic get up and walk. And the guy walks and goes home. And everyone's amazed by it and saying, we never saw anything like this. What is Jesus, who is Jesus saying he is in Mark chapter 2? Yeah, it's, it's, it's insane. Because you just see again and again that he's pointing out specific ways that he's God. And that, that's the thing to think about. Like, if Jesus wanted to prove that he was God, like, just thinking from a logical standpoint to people... Just saying it wouldn't do anything. Every we've had so many crazy people come and say they're God. I I met a guy in L.A. like a year ago who said he was God. Yeah, yeah, he, he wasn't. People that do that. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. People do that all the time. Like, yeah. and so that is, there's no verification that it, that you can get from from just saying it. You you mm-hmm. have to do it. You have yes. to prove it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And 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 the and, Bible is unbelievable mm-hmm. in how it proves it. You were even saying the other day when we were talking about this that prophecies. Yeah, yeah. Prove it. Miracles prove it. You know, all of mm-hmm. these things verify who Jesus' identity or who who Jesus is and who his identity is. Yeah, it, it's insane. It's like his whole life, like the major events, like you see that they're just fulfillment of prophecy. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what he is. And then not only that, he's doing extraordinary things. And then not only that, the evidence that we have even today of some of these extraordinary things, like the resurrection that yep. he did, um, like, like we can see today. Like this isn't just something either that's just written down and we just have to take its word that he did all these things. Yeah, we can verify yeah. the stuff written about. Yeah, like, like these miracles that he's performed, the, the, the evidence that he's claimed he was God, the people, yep. the witnesses that heard him make these statements... Mm-hmm. Like there is so much evidence out there that 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 we have tangible that's to, here present with us today that proves Jesus is God. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm with and you. It, I believe and it's, it. And it's astounding, and it, we just see it all throughout all throughout Scripture, both the Old and the New Testament. Yep, I agree with you, Tyler. It's pretty 
fantastic. And we've only talked about like three, three yeah. texts. Yeah, so th- there's so <laughs> many yep. passages. Well, hey, let's uh, let's continue to talk about who did Jesus' disciples think he was. But before we get there, uh, let's take a quick break so that we can hear a word from our sponsors, and then we'll be right back. Stop saying reconciliation. Stop saying racism. Reconciliation implies that diverse groups of people were at one time at a point of conciliation, but that hasn't been the case. As the people of God, we are the only humans who have experienced true reconciliation. There is no one better to enter this tension with hope and solutions. What does God say about racism? In the Bible, he addresses it, but it's not our 21st century Americanized version of racism. He gets at the core, the sin of partiality. And when we really understand that, we can learn how to embrace our kingdom, ethnicity, and teach others to do the same. Read Intentional by D.A. Horton as he breaks down how God addresses these issues and the practical guidance for where we go from there. Following Jesus holistically means holding in tension our unique ethnic heritages while being part of a new humanity. Go to dahorton.com to learn more about Intentional. All right, we are back, and we're going to continue talking about how we uh, know that Jesus is God. And the New Testament claims that he is God. Yes. So we looked at uh, things that Jesus did only God can do, that he claimed to be equal with God, that he created all things, and that he never came into being. Correct. All which allude to the fact that he's God. And now Mm -hmm. we're going to ask the question, did his disciples think that he was God? What did his closest friends believe about who he was and his identity? Yes. And so we just have a couple passages that we want to point out specifically. And again, uh, there's tons out there that, and there's evidence that we have that his disciples believed he was God. But these, these really hit home. So we just wanted to draw special attention to this. So in John 20, verse 28 through 29, Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God, Jesus said to him, because you have seen me, have you believed? Blessed are they who did not see and yet believed. So this, yeah, this is when Jesus shows up to Thomas, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, so Jesus showed up to him, and Thomas said, says to him, he calls him God. He says, my Lord and my God. Yeah, because he's seeing Jesus right there. Yep, he admits who he is when he's faced with the evidence. Yeah, yeah, and that that's crazy. And then, um. And Jesus doesn't deny it. He points it out. He's like, yes. He's like, you you have seen me and you believe. Yeah. He says that. Yeah. He doesn't say, oh, hold on, guys. Yeah, he's like, oh, Settle down. Yeah. <laughs> I am not. Don't call me the big guy. He didn't say, any, you know, he doesn't say anything like the that. The big guy. Yeah. I like that. I like that. I'm not the big guy. <laughs> I'm just, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, but, but. but it's true. Uh, that's the thing. And so Jesus doesn't deny it, right? No, he, right, he, he embraces it. it. Yeah. And so uh, with that, we we see other aspects of this. Um, Paul says uh, has it written in Romans nine verse five. Um, it says, "Whose are fa- the fathers, and from whom is the Christ according to the flesh? Who is over all? God, blessed forever. Amen." He calls him God. Wait a second. Christ Wait a is second. God. Christ according to the flesh. Who is over all, God blessed forever. Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah, and Paul said that, and that that's that's insane. It makes sense. Yeah, like, he's clearly... this would be tough for a really strict Jew to say. Yeah, like you, know? you feel like that, you're breaking the Ten point. Commandments. I didn't think right? of that. Yeah, you're you're right though, because that's the thing. It's very strict on that. You have to focus on like the Jews were very focused on that aspect mm-hmm. that there's only one God. We talked about that last week too. Yeah, uh, that they, they they had have that this passage where they just specifically they're like, no, 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 no. There's one God. Yeah, we focus on one God, and so for for Paul being a dev- devoted Jew his whole life, to come out and say, "Christ, according to the flesh, who is overall God," that 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 that's insane. That is, yeah, yeah, and so it's just another aspect of his disciples. Yeah. So so what what can we? Okay. So we've got some more, but what what can we so far make a case for? So right, John, who who wrote the thing about Thomas. Mm-hmm. John believes Jesus is God. Right. According to John, Thomas believed Jesus was God. According to John, Jesus accepted it, and Jesus believed he was God. Yeah. And according to Romans 9, 5, Paul believed Jesus was God. Yeah, that's okay. right. So so it's a good... His friends, it is. His friends and followers thought it is. he was yeah, God, Yeah, right? yeah, of okay. course. And, and then that's that's a thing, too. Uh I mean, uh, we we I don't th- think we're uh, we're gonna get into these passages, but the thing is, is all the disciples they even died, yeah, for the belief w- that Jesus was God, and they wouldn't they wouldn't recant that. They were no being upfront, and they said, no, he is God. Yep. Well, and yep. and his brother died for that, James, right? Yeah, died yeah. For that. Well, and Thomas, I mean, you know, who we just read, he, church history tells us that that dude went to India. <laughs> he like he like scaled the Himalayas to take the gospel to the yeah, world. And you know? so you gotta think, it's like. It, they they had to believe he was God because if they didn't, they had nothing to gain. They yeah. they lost a lot out of it. Yep. And so so uh, that's that's just a side note yeah. that I think is important to to address. Um, but with that, we also have another passage, uh, Colossians two nine, where it says, "For in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. All the d- fullness of deity. All dwells the fullness of deity in bodily form. Yeah." You can't get more blatant than that. That's almost like the writer of Hebrews, right? Yeah. <laughs> Saying he's the exact yeah. representation of the nature. <laughs> Even equal with the God. With yeah, God. yeah, yeah. That, and that just, yeah. And so uh, so again, like we just keep building Paul thinks Jesus case. was God. Yes, yes. And so uh, again, with that, we have another passage. And th- this is crazy, these next couple passages here. Um, Robbie, you, uh, you have... Special information for our listeners. Yeah, so so there's this, and yeah. again, not to get super nerdy, but I like studying Greek, and I like you know that. Kind well, of this stuff. is this is good. This, this is, is very good. Important. Yeah, it yeah. is. So there's this there's this important rule when you, when you're looking at a couple of these pastors. The next two we're gonna look at, and there is this dude who was a um, you know Greek grammatician. Uh, his name was Granville Sharp. Mm-hmm. And the guy came up with this rule through studying Greek. He realized this is how they would formulate sentences, and and the rule is basically um, to to put it in English: if you have like a the before a um, before a certain noun, all right. Okay. So if you ha- if you have a, a the before a certain noun, and then there's an and in in Greek, it's a chi that connects two other nouns. Mm. Um, and if they're in the same case, so nouns in Greek, they have different cases, whatever. They're, it's like a different ending on the word. Right, okay. okay. So if you have two nouns that are in the same case and they're connected by a chi, an and, and if the article, uh, the, you know, in English, the, is on um, the first one 
and it's not on the second one, then it means that those two nouns are referring to the same person. Okay. Okay? So, so, so it'd be like if, if in English if I said, how would this be formed? You know, uh, Robbie Lashua, the father and son, right? Okay, yeah. If we follow these rules in Greek, which which it's it's been proven, then it, the father and son are referring both to me yeah, because I okay. am a father, but I am also a son. Yeah, that right? makes sense. So, so okay. that it'd be referring to that you know Robbie Lashua, the pastor and podcaster. Yeah, okay. But it wouldn't say the pastor and the podcaster. So it's not it's not separating the two. Yes. Roles. It's, it's not separating them the together two nouns a, okay, are, are referring to the same person. If the the is oh, on okay. the first noun, right. and there's the and connector, the chi, and uh, the second noun doesn't have the the on it. Okay, okay. That's the Granville Sharp rule. So, so, so how does this apply to s- scripture? Well, when we yeah. get into these two passages, what Granville Sharp showed was that this Titus passage that you're going to read and this Second Peter passage you're going to read um, you apply the Granville Sharp rule because it refers to Jesus as Savior and God ah, or Lord nice. and God. And so it those two nouns are referring to the person, Jesus Christ. Okay, well, well let's so read it. proven yeah. according to, to Greek grammar. That's yeah. great. Let's read it. Let's see what it says. So, okay. uh, so in Titus 2, 13 through 14 says, Looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify himself for a people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds. Yeah, so you see that part where it says, our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So God and Savior refer to Christ Jesus. It's not talking about our God, the Father, and also Jesus, the Savior. That's not what it's saying. It's saying God and Savior is mm. Jesus. So it's not saying our great God and our Savior. And like separator as two different people. No. It's saying our great God Gran- and Savior. Because the Granville Sharp rule applies here. There's the the definite article on God, mm, and there's yeah. the and connector, and then there's not a definite article on Savior. God and Savior, the two nouns, are both in the same case ending, mm. and they both refer to the person Jesus Christ. So, so Paul is calling Jesus God in Titus 2.13. That's wow. that's the big point. Yeah. Now yeah. now again, before the Granville Sharp rule was established as as a Greek grammatical tool, um, in the KJV, this is how they would translate it. Okay. So okay. before this rule was applied, they translated it, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Mm. So they would separate the great God and our Savior. Because that rule Christ. wasn't around. Because they was... didn't know that that's how Greek worked. Wow, okay. But now that we know it, we translate it correctly, it's our great God and Savior. Both of those terms refer to Jesus Christ. Wow, like that's pod- crazy. podcaster and pastor would refer to me in a sentence like that. Yeah, that's that's crazy. So in the KJV, they, they didn't know this yet. They didn't so know they... it yet in 1611. Yeah, they didn't know wow. it yet. That, well, that's, I mean, that's good that we have that now because that, that's, a, that's yeah. a big deal. It is a big deal. It is, it is. You got to think about that. That's a pivotal point that the passage is trying to make is the two nouns being together and that, that for that to be lost through the context of the translation into KJV. Yeah, well, and, yeah. and even think about it just contextually. Yeah. Okay, so this passage says, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of, so if it's the two persons, mm-hmm. we're looking for the appearing of our great God and also our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself up for us to redeem us from every lawless 
lawless deed and to purify for himself the people of his own possession. Right, yeah. It seems like it's talking about one person doing this. It stuff. does. You're right. Because it's and not... then it just throws in another person. So even contextually, yeah. it doesn't make sense. But with the Granville Sharp rule, you're right. You're it, right. It means God and Savior is Jesus. Because even with that, it would it, it wouldn't make sense for it to be talking about both of these like God and Jesus doing both of these things individually. But rather, it makes sense that it's saying that they're it's together. It's the yeah. same person we're talking about here. Yeah, contextually, so that's, that's astounding. You see that. Yeah, but even without it, you still have the Granville Sharp rule. Right. Well, I think that's great. That's that's some really good context yeah. to provide to that, and that, that that's just further verification, right? Mm-hmm. Like through grammar, in, uh, through Greek grammar, we can see that there's there's a clear rule even that distincts like yeah, like the writers believed that Jesus was God because they yeah they par- couldn't have been clearer in yeah, how they yeah. wrote it. Um, that that's incredible. Yeah, and and based on the fact that we have a a savior who. Um, made arguments like in Matthew 22. Mm-hmm. He makes arguments based on verb tenses. We can study hard the scriptures and make arguments based yeah. on grammatical rules. Yeah, yeah. So anyway. I, I think that's great. Yeah, well, let's go to the next one. Uh, can you read yes. uh, 2 Peter 1.1? 1, 1? Yeah, so 2 Peter 1.1 1, 1 says, Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. God no, and I was gonna Savior. Say, I was going to say it's our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's yeah, that that makes sense. Yep, the same rule applies here. The article, the definite article, is on God. So in Greek, it would say uh, by the righteousness of the God mm. and Savior, Jesus Christ. God and Savior, both nouns are in the same case ending, and they both refer to Jesus because there isn't the the definite article on Savior. If there was, it'd be talking about two different people, possibly. Yeah, so, so it's directly saying Jesus being our God and Savior. Yeah. Jesus is our God and Savior. That's directly what the verse says. So well, it's, yes, yeah. exactly. And yeah. think about it just contextually again. Uh-huh. He's, so Peter starts off the second epistle by saying who he is. Simon Peter, bondservant and apostle mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ— to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours yeah. through or by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now think about this. Uh, theologically, we don't receive, uh, you know, we don't have a faith in God the Father's righteousness. Yeah, yeah. We have faith in Jesus's righteousness. Like, so, mm-hmm. so even contextually, once again, it only makes sense if it's talking about Jesus. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But the Granville Sharp rule helps us. That's to a, also that's a really see. good point. So, uh, again, though, that's that's a f- really fascinating point to make about the, these passages because it just provide that further context goes a long way. Like, like you can really, it, it's just so cool to see that that even through translation and through the way that God used language, mm-hmm. he further verified that he's got this. Yeah, you can't be more specific. Yeah, yeah, and I I think that's great. That's really cool. So we've got Jesus uh, didn't come into existence. Jesus created all things. Jesus claimed to be equal with God. Uh, Jesus did things only God can do, like heal the blind, forgive sin, Mm -hmm. raise the dead, calm waves and and wind (laughs) and water. His disciples called him God. His disciples all believed he was God and couldn't have been more explicit about it. Yes, and then with that, we also have information from passages where Jesus is called God by others and worshipped as God. Yeah, this is a big deal, the worshipping thing. Um, So you remember in uh, Matthew, Jesus is baptized, and then he's led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness 
fast for 40 days and 40 nights. Yeah, yeah. And then he's tempted by Satan. Yes. Okay, right. so Satan says, hey, listen, if you worship me, I'll give you all, right? Yeah. All of this. If you just, all you got to do is worship me. Mm-hmm. And and Jesus, every time, all the three temptations, Jesus responds with quoting scripture, right? Yeah, that's right. So in Matthew 4.10, Jesus quotes scripture, and, and it says, Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. <laughs> so what's he saying? I will not worship you because the scriptures say that you will worship yeah, God yeah. only. Worship the Lord your God only. Only. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. So Jesus believes you should only worship God. Matthew, by writing this down, believes you should only worship God. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's we've established this clear line. Right. Well, Tyler, can you read Matthew 14, 33? Yeah. Again, same book. Same book. So this yeah. is just, just 10 chapters after Matthew says you can only worship God. Let's see what happens in Matthew 14, 33. And so, yeah, I have the passage here. It's Matthew 14, 33. says, And those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, You are certainly God's son. Wait, what did they do to him? They worshipped him. Wait, I thought you were only supposed to worship the Lord your God only. Yeah, according to Matthew 4, 10, 10 chapters earlier. Does Matthew forget what he said 10 chapters earlier? And then he's like, oh yeah, we can just worship whoever. Well, well, it's either he believed that or he believed that Jesus was God. (laughs) Oh, there it is. And there it is. This is making sense now. Yeah, Jesus is God. I I, I, I think it's safe (laughs) to believe in the latter option there. Yep. Well, and this is after Jesus walks on the water, right? Yeah, yeah. He walks on the water. Peter goes out on the water. They both get in the boat. You have little faith. And then they all freak out like, who is this guy? Yeah. (laughs) Wow. If he can do that, I mean, that's insane. And so, so to see that Jesus did, does this, and then they worship him, and then say, "You are certainly God's son." Mm-hmm. That's that's incredible. It's it's directly correlating in the same flow, literally the same book. Yep. Where Jesus says in the same passages where Jesus says, "You shall worship the Lord your God and serve Him only," and then He allows worship. Yep. For himself. For himself. And he doesn't deny it. He accepts it. Yeah. So Jesus yeah. believed he was, oh, yeah, that's right, God. God, that's yeah, it. yeah. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. And so, so again, just other really big passages that are pivotal yeah. in the idea that Jesus— Well, and, and yeah. let's think, think about this. So Matthew 4.10, mm-hmm. worship, you can worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Matthew 14, they worship him as God. Matthew 2 2. This is before, this is as Jesus is born. Yeah, right. Where is he who's been born king of the Jews? This is the Magi, right? This Mm -hmm. is a Christmas type thing. Yeah. They say, Where is he who's born king of the Jews? Because we saw his star when it rose and we have come to worship him. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then in 2 11, it says uh, of the same Magi, and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and they worshiped him. Yeah, that's right. So Matthew's cool with people worshiping Jesus. What about Matthew? What about the end of the book? Matthew 28, 9. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. <laughs> so, I mean, Matthew, what is that? One, two, three, four times says people worship Jesus. And he says, Jesus told people, You should only worship the Lord your God. Yeah. So Matthew believed Jesus was God. Yeah, that's right. It's fascinating. <laughs> and uh, you just see it. <clears throat> Excuse me. You just see it all throughout the book. It, it just over and over. And th- that's the thing. And that's what we're trying to draw attention to is that um, he believed he was God and then Jesus received worship. He allowed people to worship him yep. constantly. So in all of these accounts, like uh, just seeing 
that people are coming to him and praising him and he doesn't deny it like he yes. did deny it earlier. Well, and the other That's thing the is point. you see angels deny it. When people bow down to them, yeah, they say, no, you're right. get up, don't bow. I'm not, I'm not that big a deal. He doesn't do that because yeah. he's not an angel. Yeah, he that's right. is God. So, yep, Jesus received worship. Uh, another thing that we see is Jesus it gets prayed <clears throat> to. Yeah. And this is really interesting, right? Jesus gets prayed to. In Acts 7, 59 through 60, this is um, while uh, you remember Stephen gets stoned, right? Mm-hmm. For, for He gives this big speech about the Old Testament and how it all was pointing to Jesus. And then he gets killed. And it says in uh, Acts 7, 59 through 60, And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Yeah. He, he cries out to Jesus, right? Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Stephen prays to Jesus. Well, you, you only pray to God, right? Yeah, now yeah. we see people that are praying to Jesus. 1 Corinthians 1, 1 through 2. Paul says, Paul, called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and our brother Sosthenes to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Mm. People call on the name of Jesus. People pray to Jesus. Well, that's something that you only do to God. Yeah, that's uh, that's true. That, that's true. That, that's the only. That's the thing is that we, we believe that you could. I mean, the Jews at the time they were thinking again, so stuck on a, you. There's one God that we worship, right? Yeah, this is very anti-Judaism. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is, and that's something that we want to keep bringing up because the point to this is. All these Jews during the time, they were shocked by this. And mm-hmm. that, that was the culture that Jesus was living in. Was He was trying to convince Jews who were so stuck on the like one God, which is true, mm-hmm. which is true. One God is what we worship. So to them, this concept was confusing. And so seeing this, that Jesus was prayed to. Yeah. Worshipped, prayed to, created all things, never began, right? Yeah, never yeah. came and, and, into and, existence. All of this stuff was called right. God by his followers. Right, right, and that's that's the thing. We we see all this case yep. that we've been building through Scripture in this podcast, and then you just see that it's evident that Jesus is who we claim to be, and then we can see we can see that other people believed it, mm-hmm. people worshipped him, uh, it, even even the Jews started converting, and then saying saying, yeah, actually this this makes this sense. Was. Even Pharisees in Acts, it tells yeah. us that a lot of Pharisees even believed. Yeah, yeah, it's fascinating. And so so it's just the case. For Jesus' deity is... huge. There's so much evidence for it. Yeah, yeah. And of what Scripture says, right? Right, right. Now, Scripture can be lying to us, but it definitely claims that this guy was God. You can't get around it. People can't say, now the Bible doesn't really say that. No, it says that. And that's the thing. We, we, that's what I was getting to earlier, is that we we can verify these things, too. Mm -hmm. Like, there's... Not just eyewitness accounts that we have. We, I mean, like just thinking about um, just the evidence that we have for. Um, I, I think a big pivotal one is the resurrection. Well, the resurrection is what everything hangs on, and so we yeah. we can read the scriptures and see what it says, which is what this podcast is doing right now. Right. But we have good reason to believe what it says, and that's a, that's a different thing, right? Yeah. So what it says is one thing. 
but why should I believe it's another? And we have a ton of evidence as to why we should believe Correct. this. Correct, yes. And so, so that's that's an interesting uh, distinction to make. Yes, but yes, Let's keep right. going with um, Jesus claiming titles that are only God's. Yes, yes. And so with that, we, we even have passages, um, a passage that compares where Jesus is called the first and the last, right? Yeah. So, so we see in Isaiah forty four six. This is this is in the Old Testament. It says, "Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel and His Redeemer, the Lord of Hosts: I am the first, and I am the last, and there is no god besides me." Right? Okay. So, God in the mm-hmm. Old Testament is saying, "I'm the first. I'm the last." And there is no God beside me. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so there's just this one God. One God, right. Idea. One God who's the first and the last. Yes, and now, later on, we see in Revelation 1, 17 through 18, it says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last. And that's Jesus. He says, And the living one... I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. So Jesus, in Revelation 1.17, claims to be the first and the last. Yeah. What is he saying there, then? He is directly quoting this passage and saying, I am God. Yeah. The Isaiah passage, I'm the first and the last, there's no God besides me. Mm-hmm. Jesus says, yeah, that's me. Yeah. I'm that God. I mean, this, it's so yeah, and then blatant. and then just like just like the mic drop on that whole statement too. After that, he just concludes it too. I love how he just says after in that verse, it says, "I have the keys of death and Hades." I, yeah. I just think that that's <laughs> that's like that's just such an incredible statement. Just thinking, he's like, "Yeah, I'm the first and the last, and I hold the key to salvation." Yeah, it is. It's it's fascinating. Yeah, I, I want to add one more thing to this podcast because I've been studying Mark 14. A lot lately. Mm. So this is, I think this is a significant passage for the deity of Jesus because Mark's the first gospel written. Right. So again, it's not the earliest New Testament books we have. Yeah, Some of, of Paul's letters are earlier. But the, the gospel of Mark was the earliest gospel written, mm-hmm. right? And so... Um, in in the Gospel of Mark, in Matthew four or in Mar- in Mark fourteen, what's going on here is this is when Jesus is on trial before uh, the Sanhedrin, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. So the one of, one of the themes of Mark is um, if you read through it, you know you have Jesus telling people not to tell anyone who he is. Remember, yeah. Don't tell anybody who I am. Don't tell them I healed you. Please don't say anything yet. Right. The time's not come. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you get into the middle of it, and he asks his disciples, "Who do you guys think that I am?" So it's yeah. Don't tell yeah. anybody who I am. Who do you think I am? And then you get to what is literally the climax of the Gospel of Mark, and it's Mark fourteen. And so uh, Jesus is standing before uh, the high priest. And what's what's going on here is they're they're bringing up all these like trumped up charges against Jesus because uh, you had to have a few witnesses all say the same thing in order to convict somebody of, yeah, right. of crimes. Uh, they've got nothing. Like they've got nothing. And so Jesus is just sitting there silent, which <laughs> fulfills prophecy that he was like a lamb before shears is silent. Yeah. Right? Um, but he really doesn't need to say anything because nobody's brought a good case against him. So he's just like, <laughs> yeah. what? What? Like, what, what do I need to say? <laughs> yeah, here? right. Um, but he's standing before it, and eventually what happens is the high priest just goes, okay, okay, enough with the charade, right? And he stands up and the chief priest looks at Jesus and he says to him, okay, are you the Christ, the son of the blessed one? So Christ is Messiah, mm-hmm. right? Are you the Messiah? 
question one. Yeah. The son of the blessed one, um, they, they wouldn't say the word Yahweh uh, oh, because it's blasphemy, you're right. Right? You're right? So he uses this euphemism, the son of the blessed one. Notice, he doesn't say son of man, mm-hmm. right? Son of God is what he's asking. Are you, is that, do you really think you're the Christ who is the son of God? Right. And Jesus says, I am... And you shall see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. <laughs> and in verse 63 of Mark 14, it says, Tearing his clothes, the high priest said, What further need do we have of witnesses? <laughs> you have heard the blasphemy. How does it seem to you? And they all condemned him to be ser- deserving of death. So what in the world did Jesus say yeah. to make everyone so upset and call him a blasphemer so they didn't even have to deliberate everyone just said guilty and yeah. they, they said he deserves death well a couple of things um, he says I am mm-hmm. and he's not speaking Greek to the high priest he's probably speaking Aramaic right yeah. so uh, most people believe that he's claiming to be Yahweh he didn't he didn't say ego me you know which is what the Greek is that I am yeah he probably said, the name he shouldn't say. Yeah. The high priest won't say it. Yeah, yeah. Jesus says it. That's why they say it's blasphemy, because you shouldn't call himself that. that. Yeah. So he says, yeah, that's me. I am, right, from Exodus 3, claiming, yeah. claiming to be that. So that's one claim to deity. And then he says, and you shall see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power, coming with the clouds of heaven. What Jesus does here is he's mixing a couple of quotations from the Old Testament. He's mixing Mm. Daniel chapter 7, and he's mixing Psalm 110. So Daniel 7 talks about the Son of Man approaching the Ancient of Days uh, and riding on the clouds, and that's what he's talking about. And that was a messianic passage. Mm -hmm. So he's saying, that's who I am. Um, and then he says, and I am going to sit at the right hand of power, which hmm. comes from Psalm 110. Now, I, I want to read this because at the time uh, Jesus said this, this was a uh, controversial passage to the Jews. Mm. Psalm 110, they didn't understand it. And, and if, you, if you look, Jesus quotes this a lot through the Gospels mm. because it's yeah. a direct – David writes about Jesus uh, coming. So so yeah, I want to read it. to you uh, Psalm 110.1. So this is David writing, and he says, The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Okay, mm. think about this. David's writing it. The Lord. It's Yahweh. So it says, Yahweh says to my Adonai. Yeah. So it's it, David's not saying the Lord said to me. Yeah, David's right. saying the Lord God says to somebody who David calls my Adonai. Who wait, so he's distinguishing there's two persons. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> there's Yahweh and then there's this my Adonai. Well, who's David's Lord? Who's David's Adonai? Mm. It makes no sense. Yeah. But whoever this guy is, David says that God's telling him, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Huh. Now, let me read to you a little more of this, okay? Yeah. Verse 2 of Psalm 110. The Lord will stretch forth your strong scepter from Zion, saying, rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people will volunteer freely in the day of your power in holy array from the womb of the dawn. Your youth are to you as the dew. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. 
You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Hmm. Then verse 5 of Psalm 110. The Lord is at your right hand. He will shatter kings in the days of his wrath. Wait, so Jesus is claiming to the yeah, high priest, yeah. I'm that my Lord who's going to sit at the right hand. I'm David's Lord who's going to sit at the right hand of Yahweh, coming on the clouds as a son of man, the great <laughs> I am. Oh, and by the way, yes, I'm the Christ. Yes, I'm the son of the blessed one. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> that is, he couldn't be more blatant about who he was. Yeah. This is the climax of Mark because he's been hiding who he was so he didn't get killed prematurely. Yeah. Now it's the coming out part. It's because he knew as soon as he This is who out. I yeah. am. And they charged him with blasphemy. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. Why did the Jews have Jesus crucified? It wasn't because he healed people. Right. It wasn't because he claimed to be the Messiah. They'd have many Messiahs come before him. Yeah. It's yeah. because he claimed to be God. Yeah. That yeah. was the reason he was crucified. So all of this evidence we've talked about on this mm -hmm. podcast points to the Bible teaches Jesus is God. Yeah. So we have monotheism yeah, that's, taught, that's and now we have God the Father, clearly God. Jesus, in so many ways, is described to be God. Yeah. So we're getting into the three persons that are in the one being that is God, because he's the exact representation of his nature. Yeah, right? that's right. The fullness of deity dwells in him in bodily form. On and on and on, he's worshipped. So next week, we want to get into talking about the Holy Spirit. Yes. And is this third person also claimed to be God in the New Testament? Yes, and we thought it'd be fitting to do this Trinity series in three parts. Yeah. So it makes it, you know, just typically we've in the past we've done it in like four, maybe five episodes, but mm -hmm. you know, three – it's three perfect. In one. Three, three in, in one. one topic. <laughs> what yeah. if we what if we combine these after we done we're done into just one audio file? Oh, one? Interesting. This is the three in one. No, yeah. that'd be not heresy. the same thing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so next week we're gonna talk yeah. about the Holy Spirit being God. And then we'll also talk about how the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are co equal and co eternal. Yes. Because that's right. that's the third aspect of the Trinity. Mm -hmm. Um now, before we go. Coffee tip time. Yes. We always want to share coffee tips on Christ culture and coffee. That's correct. And so, Robbie, you actually looked up this one. So apparently there is a cure or, or, or at least a scientific reasoning behind why we have bad breath when we drink our coffee. Is that correct? Yes. So uh, my kids always point out to me when I have bad breath. It's like their favorite thing. Like, oh my gosh, dad, your breath, right? That's it what my seven-year-old says. Yeah, it's disgusting. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, why do you get bad breath after you drink coffee, right? Yeah, why, yeah. Why does the most perfect drink in the world cause bad breath? It's a disheartening side effect <laughs> of, of indulging in the greatest beverage in God's creation. Um, but, but here's why. Um, the the, the uh, coffee, uh, it actually dries your mouth. So, so mm. a couple of things. The caffeine in the coffee, it stops saliva production, which causes dry mouth. Um, and, and we all know this because we've drank enough coffee, yeah, yeah, right? Your tongue right. gets a little dry and stuff like that. Well, the problem with that is saliva production in your mouth keeps cleansing your mouth of bacteria. So mm. when you're not producing as much saliva as normal, more bacteria builds up and you get bad okay. breath. Okay? So makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that does. So what can you do to stop bad breath after you drink coffee? You know, there's mints. Some people say, no, just drink some water, which is true because that will start saliva production going what again. What if you put mint in your coffee? 
It That's still something. dries your mouth. I've tried it. Oh, you have? Yeah. <laughs> Dang it. Okay. It's good, though. It I, I was like, it's worth worth yeah. asking. Yeah, those well, peppermint yeah. mochas, man, they're coming up, right? <laughs> it's that time of the year. That's so. true. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so the best thing I think to do is um, eat an apple. Okay. Yeah. There, there are enzymes in an apple that really trigger saliva production like crazy. Oh, okay. And so if you have bad breath and you got to get rid of it, mints and yeah. stuff are okay, but just take a couple bites of an apple, chew on it, and it's kind of crazy how okay. it instantly goes away. So so then if if you got like like say an interview or something like that and you but it's early in the morning or mm-hmm. you got got a presentation some a place basically where you're going to be face to face with people and talking to them to where they could smell your breath. Mm-hmm. And you need coffee in the morning, you should eat an apple after. Yeah, just throw an apple in your bag or whatever, okay. take it with you on the go, chomp a couple bites I like it. and you're good to go. You won't have bad breath. I like it. I like apples too. I so do you too. know what? Granny that's Smith good. specifically. That's good. Granny well, Smith is pretty good. I'm too, more of a, a honey crisp kind of guy. Oh, but, those are good. You know. like, can we just both Okay, I'm just going to go there and say that. Red Delicious, not so delicious. No, they're not. When you yeah, have to I put agree. delicious in the name, it's like an oversell. <laughs> it's like, you know, they're not really that good, so to sell it, let's just put delicious in the title. Yeah. Maybe people will buy it more often. It seems like Red Delicious apples are good for about 45 seconds, and then they get mushy. <laughs> right? You're it's right, like right. There's like this window of time, almost like an avocado. There's this window of time like, you got to eat it in. Otherwise, it's terrible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's your apple tip for this week. Yeah, your apple tip. Yeah, no. next week we talk about different f- ways you can make your apple pie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but that's your coffee so. tip for this week. Eat an apple to yes. ward off bad breath so. after coffee. Yeah, that sounds great. I might give that a shot. Yeah, you should. Sounds good. Well, this has been a fun uh, podcast today talking about the deity of Christ yes. and how the Trinity is taught in the Bible. Uh, but we do all of this because we want to equip Christians to be confident in their faith and to be able to go out and to share their faith. like yes, That's the right. whole goal of what we're trying to do here. We want you to be ready to give a defense to anyone who asks. And, and honestly, the Trinity is a complex thing that a lot of people go, man, if you believe in that, it's illogical, it's crazy. Right, right. No, we can show them it's not. We need to know our stuff, but we can show them that it's not crazy. Yes, yes. And so thank you for listening to this topic and growing in your faith and um just coming to a place to where you want to understand the Trinity more and be able to explain it well, uh, it just it's very important that Christians are doing this out there and studying and learning their stuff. You know, we want Christians to know their stuff, and that's the goal yep. of this podcast. So thank you for listening. Yep, thank you guys so much. We'll be back next week, Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, that's right. To talk about the Holy Spirit. I'm thankful for the Trinity. I am too. I'm very thankful oh, for it. So that's good. <laughs> okay. Well, it's been good being with you, Tyler. It's fun. All right, well, thank you for listening to Christ Culture and Coffee. We'll be back next week, Thanksgiving Day, to talk about how the Holy Spirit is God. Thanks for listening to Christ Culture and Coffee. If you liked this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to help us reach more people.